Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 46 of the Boomer Bevo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. My man to the right, Kevin Miller, the biggest Texas fan in the world, and I'm John Whitson, just another happy, proud member of Sooner Nation right now after a beatdown of the Alabama Crimson Tide at the Lloyd Noble Center in the SEC Big 12 matchups on Saturday. Kevin, we co- Alabama comes to Norman as the number two ranked basketball team. Oklahoma is reeling from a loss to TCU. Devastated by a crappy loss to Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago or a couple games ago. Grant Sherfield, the best scorer on our team, had been scoreless in the previous three second halves of ball games. And yet somehow we take down the number two rated Alabama Crimson Tide 93-69. And it wasn't that close. It was yeah. You guys, you did more than take them down. You beat them down. We beat them down. I was live with Toby Roll and the voice of the Sooners on Friday morning. He was at Brown O'Haver, Brown O'Haver Adjusters for the Insured, four hundred five seven three five fifty five ten. He was there doing our his normal radio spot, the once a month radio spot. And I got to tell you, I pulled no punches when I called out Grant Sherfield. I said he's pouty. He's disinterested, and when the going gets tough, he puts his head down and does not want to play basketball, does not want to be the leader of the team, does not know what it's like to compete in the Big 12. And all that dude did was put up 30 against Alabama, specifically four for five from the three-point line. But more than that, he was just a stud. I think it was – I think I pushed him over the edge, Kevin. I think that he heard that live broadcast and said, if John Whitson can see this, then it must be true, and I have to do something about it. Do you think I have that level of influence over Grant Sherfield? Uh, clearly you do. Thank clearly you. you do. Clearly he was listening. For him to go out against the number two team in the country and score 30 points in 34 minutes, yeah, he was definitely listening. That's the power yeah, of the Boomer Bebo podcast. That's the power of the Boomer Bebo podcast. It's the power of John from Brown O'Haver being live with Toby Rowland from Brown O'Haver. And then Jalen Hill. This guy, it, 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 it's unfortunate that he has played in this kind of down era for Oklahoma basketball. Okay? Because he has done nothing but improve every year he's played. He plays with heart. He plays with effort. And and now he goes twenty. He goes nine for eleven on field goals and scores twenty six points against Alabama. But he's been doing this kind of. He has maybe not to this extent, but he's been playing this well all year. He's a heck of a player for us. But when you beat a team this bad, everybody's clicking. I got to tell you, Kevin. I don't know. I I wasn't rooting for Texas. I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. But I was kind of rooting for the Big 12, and I was kind of bummed that Texas lost just because I want everybody to realize the gauntlet that teams have to go through in the Big 12. 
Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. It almost seemed like it's a bit of a break, right? You get to play. Let's see, even though that you're playing the number two team in the country, it's like, well, at least it's not this Big 12 physical grind, right? So the team played looser than I've seen them play. I was able to go to the game. Shout out to Perry from the KREF Army for that. The Texas OU basketball game. Yeah. And I thought that OU was not a bad team. You know, I thought Texas was a little bit better, but I don't think that was a bad team. They just had to put it all together. It looks like they played free and, man, to put it on a team like that, we'll see if they can use this going forward to try to finish out the season strong and get into the tournament. Well, here's the deal, man. We're, that the, the, the All of the excitement is muted when you review their record. They're 12 and 9. Oklahoma is 12 and 9, 2 and 6 in the Big 12. We talked about it on the last podcast, and I, I, I nothing is nothing changes with this Alabama win. It's not a good enough win to you know just write us a ticket. Obviously, yeah. um, We we I believe we still have to get to seven and eleven in the conference, which means we have to win uh, five more games. So without going through the entire schedule on this podcast, we've got Oklahoma State coming in must win. We're at West Virginia, even though they just beat ranked Auburn. I think it's a must win. I think it's a must win. I think you have to beat West Virginia is not, they're not Kansas. They're not Texas. They're not TCU. You've got to beat West Virginia. And then at Baylor, maybe it's not, maybe it's not a must win, but it sure would help because you're going to have to win a number of these games that you're not supposed to win. And look, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, like, right? Well, it's not like it gets easier after playing Baylor. Right? You're, you got to go. No, I'm looking get, at it. Then you get Kansas, K-State, and Texas. I mean, holy crap. Yeah, um, and it's at Texas. And even Texas Tech, right? They haven't even won a conference game, but I don't think it's going to be an easy, easy win. So, right? But am I wrong? I mean, I, I don't think I'm wrong. They have to get to – if they get to 7-11 in the Big 12, I think that they have a shot. Because I agree. They'll have a winning record. Uh, they'll get to 17 wins. They'll have a winning record overall, and they will be middle of the road in the what is the toughest conference in, in the country. So, yeah. But here's the deal, dude. Grant, Sherfield, if you're out there listening, you've got to play. you got to bring what you brought to Alabama in every single game that's left. If you want to make the tournament, it's got to be what you brought, especially in the second half. You can't shy away from pressure. You can't be upset when people decide to start playing defense against you. You have to bring it every single game, every single possession you're out there. That's what the Big 12 has gotten to, Kevin. It's every single possession. Every and possession. You got to bring it, man. You got to bring it. You got to bring it or you're going to get run. You're, you're going to get run. And you know, Texas, I, I didn't even realize that Texas is the is tied for first place. Y'all are tied for first place in the Big 12. And because you've had a couple losses – Dude, it is a tough conference. Then you had to go to Tennessee. You had to play Rick Barnes, raucous environment. You come up short, 82-71, takeaways. You know what, man? Tennessee's really good. That was my biggest takeaway. I wasn't that upset about it. I mean, losing sucks, and it was a great opportunity to go on the road against a good team. This is the best team that Texas has played all year, despite the good teams in our conference. At this point of the season, Tennessee. You haven't played Kansas? The Texas have, no, I haven't played Kansas yet. They played Kansas State, who's really good. They've also played Iowa State. They're playing Baylor as we record this. 
Okay. But this is the best. Tennessee's the best team that we played all year long, and it is not a good matchup at all. The thing about Texas, they play pretty good defense on the perimeter, but they don't have anybody that's, you know, that really demanding inside presence, right? There's no one that can really control the paint. And they got destroyed on the boards. 38 to 23. Mm. I rebounded. And that's what scares me about this team, man, getting into the tournament. I know they say it comes down to guard play in the tournament. It normally does. And Texas has really good guards. But man, if you got some big, if you got talented bigs like Tennessee has, you can really give Texas trouble. Yeah. That's my concern going forward. I think about the teams like Gonzaga and stuff that have those talented bigs. And that's that it, it it's um this is a little off the beaten path, but since it's my podcast and well, we share it. Since it's our shared podcast, we can make whatever analogy we want, but um, the analogy of good guard play, it's the best, it's the best guard play of the best teams. Okay. So first you have to have a good front line. You've got to have good shooting. You've got to have good defense. You've got to have good coaching. If all of those are at a good level, then that guard play can elevate your team. And the example is like golfers. You know, they say puck for show and drive for dough and blah, blah. The statistics show that in any given week, it's the best putter of the best drivers. Does that make sense? Yeah. So absolutely. You have to to be one of the better teams. You have to be one of the better drivers of the golf ball and then have good guard play and then be the best putter. Does that make sense? So just having good guards – doesn't is it like oh well then you're you know then you're gonna gonna go miles to the tournament because you've got good guards no you better have everything else and then your guards better absolutely be on it does that make sense yeah it does it does and so that's the only thing I mean that's the thing that you that, that makes you nervous for Texas is you're right about that but here's the thing man they're quietly like I said quietly first in the Big Twelve you haven't played Kansas yet but quietly first in the Big Twelve. And, um, you know, maybe this Tennessee game serves as kind of a wake-up call that says we're not really where we want to be yet. I, we talked about it in the last one. I mean, to an extent, you're still recovering from Chris Beard. There, there's a lot going on there with Texas. But if you can make a run in this back half, you can position yourself for a one, two, or three seed in the tournament, right? I mean, yeah, right now, the last projection I saw, yeah, last projection I saw had him as a two seed. You know, and like I said, I think they're a team that's capable of making a run maybe to the Sweet 16, but I could also see them losing the first weekend of the yeah. tournament, too. So it just depends on the matchup, right? Like I said, I like the team overall. I think they've done a great job of, you know, keeping the ship steered, right, after the whole Chris Beard thing. I think something like that could have destroyed the entire season. They were able to, you know, stay tough through all that. So we'll see, man. Like I said, we still have to play Kansas twice. Well, we still have K State again. So here, here's your next three. Here's your next three game gauntlet. Let's here's hear your it. Next, your next three games, uh, starting with Baylor tonight, going live. It's live right now. Uh, we could give you a score as we record this. Yeah, yeah. and um, this is uh, Monday the thirtieth. You're playing Baylor right now. Then you're playing at Kansas State at Kansas. I mean, there's no left. You went from Tennessee, the cauldron of Tennessee. What were they ranked? Four. 
Yeah, <laughs> you're talking about top five team on the road to to Baylor, which is no slouch, to at KSU, who's seventh in the country, at Kansas, who's eighth in the country. I mean, there's um, it. it you're, we're going to know by this almost this time next week, maybe maybe a couple days where can, where y'all are at. If you're going to be that battle tested, yeah. You're either going to be a two seed or you're either going to be a, a, a two seed if you go two and one. You'll be a one seed if you go three and zero, oh, and you could drop down to a three seed if you go zero oh and three. All all Correct. this in the next three games. And that's the thing about this conference, right? Every every scenario is still on the table. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I haven't begun to look at tiebreakers and stuff because I still think there's enough basketball to be played. But there's there's a situ- there's a scenario where TCU. Kansas, K State, and you guys are really close to a four-way tie. I mean, just because yeah. it's—I um, don't know that there's a lot of separation between those four teams. I completely agree. Yeah, but you you go below that though, and there and then there is separation. Then you start to have pretty good teams. You know, then they're yeah. they're pretty good. How about Texas Tech? I mean, they still don't have a conference win. Who would have thought that going into the season? Uh, you know what? I had TCU at five and three. Can't yeah, I? I'm leaving Iowa State out at six and two. Do not. Do we not trust Iowa State? Hey, maybe they beat Texas up there. You know. You know what? It's just so they, hard because everybody. You know, it's just hard because you go on the road and beat a good team, and then you go home and lose to West Virginia. <laughs> you know, that's what this conference know, is. If you're not on every game, you you will lose. I can just remember that was the. The, we had just lost to y'all, and then we played Iowa State at home, and we should have beaten Iowa State. I, I say should have beaten. We had an opportunity to beat. We we lost to sixty three sixty, but it was a last second, last possession type game. And so I I don't leave thinking that Iowa State is some juggernaut, but here I'm staring at them, and I can completely did not realize that they too are tied for first in the Big Twelve. So yeah, this conference is dude, it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it's a bloodbath. Um, the SEC though, the SEC looked pretty good. They represented, you know, with Tennessee, um, Kansas beat Kentucky. But who am I? Who am I not thinking about? There was another team that I was impressed with. Who did Arkansas play? Oh, Baylor. They beat Baylor, didn't they? Yeah, they, they played um, Baylor and Waco. Yeah, and so, I mean, there's some schools. There's some schools there that are pretty impressive, really. Yeah. Um, Missouri beats Iowa State. We just talked about Iowa State. Mississippi State, BCU. I mean, it was a pretty even matchup, all things, you know, all things considered. Mm-hmm. I think the SEC, I think the SEC, I still think they're kind of top heavy. You don't have teams like Vanderbilt, South Carolina's not there. Oklahoma's already beaten Florida this year. Um, so I still don't know from top to bottom that the SEC is uh, uh, just this great juggernaut of a conference, but the top teams are proven to be really legit. Man, look, the Big 12 tournament. It's going to be crazy, right? That has a chance for OU to solidify your tournament if you have a good run in the Big 12 tournament. If, they, if you guys finish with that record like you talked about, 
if you can get to the conference championship game during the tournament, and, and of course, obviously, if you win it, you're automatically in. But if you can make a deep run, that can get you guys in too. Okay. If we go, if we if we get to the magic, what I think is the magic seven and eleven number, that takes us to seventeen and seventeen and fourteen. And then to your point, if we could get two wins, that could get us that would get us to nineteen and fifteen, which just looks a whole lot better. Yeah. That's a lot of games. Golly, we're playing yeah. a lot of games. Uh, this conference is so deep, man. I mean, could we realistically get eight teams into the tournament? At least seven. Mm-hmm. Seven, maybe? One, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State's at three and five in the conference. West Virginia's two and six. OU's two and six. Tech is not going to get in. So I don't know. That's tough. I, I can't. Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and OU are all there, and that's again, that's what's that's what's so important about OU beating OSU and West Virginia is they're not good. Correct. They're not good within the you concept of the Big Twelve. Within the concept yeah, of the Big Twelve, you have to beat them. There is no, there's no way around it. I think the best we can get is seven in, because one of those three teams will probably make a little bit of a run, and the other two will fall off. So I yeah. say the best I think the Big Twelve gets is seven in, which I still think is a it's pretty impressive. Um, another thing that has broken, semi-broken news um, as of the taping of this broadcast is that the Big 12 has finally announced that they are announcing the Big 12 football schedule tomorrow, which will be January 31st. Kevin and I will be doing a special schedule release podcast tomorrow, instant reaction on the Texas Longhorns and how their schedule looks and the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, there's been a lot of talk, especially around here in, in Norman on um, what all is delaying this schedule. Do you, do you subscribe to the conspiracy theories that Oklahoma fans have been flouting and has Texas fan been flout been floating these same conspiracy theories as to why it is taking so long to release the schedule? What's, what's the theory? The theory is that they're going to try to screw OU in Texas, that they're going to try to give us terrible schedules, that they're going to send us on the road five or six times, um, that they're going to move OU Texas to be a play at a different date. Uh, just basically anything that we can think of that is horrible to OU in Texas, they're trying to figure out different ways to do that. Or well, the- go ahead. If the officiating this year that both Texas and Oklahoma got is an indication and continue to get yes. the basketball season, correct, and continue to get then yes, and continue to get in the basketball season, yeah, correct, yeah, then yes, they will do everything in their power to screw both schools on their way out of the conference. So I, I anticipate very difficult road games. These new teams that are coming into the conference this year: BYU, Central Florida, Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, I expect us to be going to all those places this year. See, that's and, and you know what? That's what's interesting about it, though, Kevin. Is yes, I you expect that, and and maybe we do or don't want to make those trips. That I guess, right? But at the same time, don't the existing members want to host OU in Texas? 
You would think so, right? The, it's the biggest game of the season. It's their biggest game of the year. It, and for some teams, it's their bowl game. I mean, it's yeah. It's their it's their number one sellout every year. Either Texas or Oklahoma, it's their sellout. I mean, for Texas fans that don't know this, Oklahoma State for years has had a season ticket plan that said the only way you can get Oklahoma tickets is if you when when they're hosting Oklahoma, the only way you can get OU tickets is to buy a season ticket. No single game tickets are sold. Yes. So that's how big the game is, is that when Oklahoma is going to Oklahoma State, you can't even buy a single game ticket. You gotta buy a you gotta buy a season ticket. Um and look, are are we arrogant? Of course we are. That's why we have we are our own podcast, right? Is that's we know we're arrogant, but it's the truth. Texas Tech would rather host Texas and Oklahoma than not because they know they're gonna sell out both of those games if they get the opportunity um and they're not listen they're not tcu just went to the playoff and there's a good chance texas tech doesn't sell out a tcu game no no not at all no and honestly as good as they were and i'm not going to take anything away from them for what they did this season despite what happened in the championship game but i don't see i don't think texas or oklahoma sees tcu as a viable long-term threat to their success in any way shape or form doesn't matter what happened. They didn't make the playoff next year, and it will be the same deal. Well, I don't know. They make it two years in a row. But, no, I don't. I agree. And it's going to be hard for them. Max Duggan, uh, Quentin Johnston, both running back. Kendra Miller, yeah. Yeah. That'll be tough. But my point is, though, Kevin, so, like, is is the they could punish OU and or Texas or both by sending us to the far reaches of this conference. But at the same same time, that punishment is then punishing their longer-term members who really want to host an OU or a Texas game. Yeah. So then the other option is Oklahoma doesn't get to go to any of the new places, and they get stuck with the same old places. Or I don't know. There's just a lot of things. So it's it's fascinating to think about. Um, I'm curious how it's going to roll out. Uh, and I anyway. The good news is it's supposed to be here tomorrow, uh, which will be Tuesday the thirty or Tuesday the thirty first at one p.m. Central. You and I are planning on doing a complete breakdown at three o'clock on the thirty first, and we'll and we'll try to get that released by four four thirty uh, tomorrow. So stay tuned. Yeah, we'll we got you. The, we got you. We'll we'll see if the conspiracy theories are true, or if in fact it's way more innocent and they were just waiting to get their hands on chat GBT so that they could say, Hey, make a schedule for 14 teams to play nine games. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you want to go to Provo? Do you hope that OU plays BYU in Provo? Dude, I just got a text message from my brother-in-law talking trash already. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I want to go to Provo. I don't want to go to Houston really under any circumstances. I, I think it's a, Filthy, disgusting city. I think if you had to rank cities based on filth and disgust in the United States, Houston is at the top of the list. Well, you know, I think there was a study that confirmed that. It was on Are, the, well, listen, yeah, I'm serious. That's just, Kevin, that was just my gut, but it doesn't surprise me that there's some actually actual study that says Texas is full of filth and disgust. Uh, now, I mean, Houston, Houston, Houston. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Hold on Easy. Now. 
San Antonio's Easy. beautiful place. San Antonio's beautiful. Um, no, but anyway, not, not I don't want to Houston. Is that because of does that football program have anything to do with it? Dude, I don't know. Did they even go 500 last year? I think they had a pretty good season last year. Yeah, I think Dude, they got beat by Texas Tech last year. Well, so did we. <laughs> yeah, we all we all lost to Texas Tech last um, year. I don't care about that. No, I've been to Houston. We were we. Were, I went to that game that was played at the uh, the big stadium. Um, oh, Reliant. Yeah, Reliant. Back when they had Ed Oliver, who was just a stud. The guy was. Oh, so he good. just wrecked it. That was his first college game, by the way. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he just wrecked your very talented and experienced offensive line too. Oh, no, that's a good team. Yeah, that was Baker Mayfield. And then I think two of those guys are starting in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think yeah. Creed, I good think offensive Humphrey, line. I think Creed Humphrey and Orlando Brown were on that team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Orlando Humphrey. Brown, I think Ben Powers. Yeah. Uh, Cody it, Ford. Yeah. Yeah, a really good offensive line, man. He just, yeah, he, he was different, man. Uh, it was the biggest, definitely the biggest recruiting pool for uh, Tom Herman at Houston to get a five star. To stay home and, and, and go there. Yeah. So uh, that, that, but that doesn't, it's really, I just, there's nothing intriguing about going to Houston. Like, honestly, I just can't stand the place. So Cincinnati, uh, you know what? I think I would go to Cincinnati. I think it would be a fun trip. I, I've gone to Ohio state. I know Columbus and Cincinnati are different, but yeah, I think I would like to go to Cincinnati. I think that would be a cool trip. And then Florida central for Orlando. If you could figure out, give me Florida in like November. If you could okay. get UCF yeah. in November, late fall. Yeah, like I don't know, no, not the last game, not not a game that has any importance to it, but just like I don't know, like November first yeah. or Halloween. something. Halloween, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Halloween, that'd be perfect, right? I think the weather would be amazing. Um, taking you know, take the clubs, take the sticks. I yeah, I'd be for, I'd be up for Orlando. I just don't just. There's three. There you go. There's three road trips. I don't mind taking. Don't just don't send Oklahoma to Houston. We're gonna find that out tomorrow. I'm probably gonna jinx myself. What about? I you? want no part of BYU. Just, no, I want no part of BYU, man. No. In Provo. Flashbacks. Still too soon. Oh, Taysom Hill, man. Yeah, Taysom Hill flashbacks. Texas fans know PTSD. It's real. Um, you know we lost. We lost to BYU too. The last time we played them. And that was in Jerry World, right? That was in Jerry World. Sam Bradford gets hurt, and it wasn't a beatdown. Y'all were beat down. Like, oh, got- yeah, twice. They beat us in Austin and up there. Yeah. And it was Taysom Hill both times. Uh, okay. So then that leaves. Uh, I know you don't want to go to Houston. Texas does not want to suffer the indignity of having to go play a road game against Houston. Am I wrong? Houston, I can't yeah. imagine. No, you, no, you're not wrong about that. I think they played at Houston back in 2002, if I remember correctly. Chris Sims and. Cedric Benson and those guys. I mean, because Houston would want to host, right? They wouldn't want to play. They wouldn't want to play at NRG, would they? They would rather host, especially if it's a conference game. Yeah, they, they don't want it. In, they want it at their stadium. And look, if it's a conference game, there's no choice, right? It's not like it's a right. uh, non-conference where we can negotiate. But you know, if we play there, it's going to be at their stadium. Am I mistaken in that they've gotten a nicer stadium? Is that they did do some upgrades to it? It's the same deal, but I think they did some upgrades to it. It still doesn't look no, I could be wrong, but I don't remember it. 
be anything oh, special, but they can have a good atmosphere, though. They can have a good atmosphere. And if Texas comes to town, I mean, you know it's going to be raucous. Uh, yeah, but, God, you still don't want to have to do it. Okay, so that leaves no, you no, with Cincinnati, Cincinnati and UCF. Well, you you take those road trips. You'd be good either way. Yeah, I'd be good with that. Um, Texas actually opened Central Florida Stadium. They built a new stadium, brand new stadium. They opened it in 2007. The first home game was against Texas when Texas had Colt McCoy and Jamal Charles. So it was a pretty good game. It was closer than any of us would have liked it to be. It was a, a legit four-quarter game before, thankfully, we had Jamal Charles who helped us put it away. Well, you know what? You, you say that, and I mean, I kind of joked about not that it – the problem with Central Florida is you know they're going to have dudes. Yeah. They're yeah. going to have they're going to have a ton of dudes that that were getting looks by Florida State and Florida and Miami. And, I mean, that is a target-rich mm-hmm. environment for five-star and four-star athletes. And for guys under the radar, UCF is going to have dudes. It, I don't know if they're going to have dudes next year. I don't know what their record was or anything. But well, Gus Malzahn, they got a head coach who's, you know, coaching a national championship game and won a national championship as a coordinator, right? No one's, remember, no one's beaten Nick Saban more than Gus Malzahn has. No one. Yeah, God, I just, yeah, you're right. Now that, maybe I don't, maybe we don't want to go to Orlando. I don't know. I think Cincinnati is probably your, your easier road trip now that Fickle's gone to Wisconsin. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. While we're since we're since we're dealing with um, hypotheticals because we're going to talk about the real thing tomorrow, I, I do find this kind of interesting. Is there anybody you don't want to play next year? Like you're done. Like I I would be happy if we never see them again. Oh well, Texas Tech for sure. Yeah, I've had enough yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Texas I, Tech, man. I think it's I, I it's it's K State or Iowa State for me. Like I'm I got just, you. and maybe it's K State. I'm just so sick of losing to them. And they're they're a solid football team. They're a solid program, and they have been for years. But it would not upset me if we if I didn't see K State on the schedule. I'd be like, oh, hmm. oh, too bad, too bad. You know, and I can actually add Oklahoma State to that too because it doesn't matter with them. Their worst teams this year, right? We're hearing about this mass exodus of players, guys not liking Gundy. They're probably still going to find a way to beat Texas next year. It's it's insane, man. I, so I've had enough of Oklahoma State. Yeah, Sarkeesian is who beat y'all against Oklahoma State, not giving number five the ball. Um, you know, when it comes to the Oklahoma State, that's always a big. You know, that's that's a more that's a natural rival. I, I know y'all got plenty of teams that you don't that you don't like, but y'all lost your most natural rival with A and M when they went to the to the SEC. But we still have what everybody considers our biggest in-state rival, you know, Bedlam or whatever, whether you consider it a rival or not. I, I don't care if we play them. It's not going to – if we play them, we're, pro- we're going to beat them because they always – we always beat them. Oh, yeah, you always do. Yeah. Um, but if we don't play them, I don't know that I'm that upset about it. They're, they're, Gundy's a weirdo, and he, makes it, he makes, a, makes it for a weird program. that It's just hard to – I don't know, man. He's just yeah, odd. He's he's such a good coach, right? Like he can really scheme up some really good plays on offense, and he's done a great job there. But man, I don't understand why he doesn't recruit better. They have really good facilities too. That you know, Tebow Pickens 
poured a ton of money into the program to keep their facilities updated, they should do better than pulling in two and three star guys. This is going to sound crazy. I've actually spent time in Stillwater. Like my wife and I went up and visited Stillwater this past summer and just I got an Airbnb up there and it was great. Like it's, it's a great town. It's a great um, college environment. Uh, the, the, to your point, the facilities are fantastic. The campus is awesome. You're close enough to Oklahoma city that, you know, you can get in and out. Yeah, that's an hour away. Yeah. And so why don't they recruit better? But a, why don't they recruit better? And then with this whole Spencer Sanders deal and, and even the trace Ford situation is this, this concept of retention, you know, like, You've got a quarterback in Spencer Sanders that is willing to leave Oklahoma State in a guaranteed starting spot to go compete in Mississippi, right? He's going to Ole Miss, right? Yeah, Ole Miss, yeah, with Jackson Dart. And they got the Walker Howard kid from um, LSU. I think that's his name. He was a former five-star or high four-star quarterback who transferred there. So it's very interesting. It's very interesting, and it just makes it makes you wonder if he's – I don't know. I, you get the feeling – I know they had some injuries, but you also just get the feeling kind of lost that team last season. You know, like you just lost yeah. the direction and, and a little bit – maybe not the locker room, but some key players. I don't know. I just think he's a weirdo. Anyway, Kate, you're happy if you don't have to play Tech or Oklahoma State. I'm happy if we don't have to play K-State and, and maybe Iowa State. And they better not mess with the OU Texas date. Those are my only requirements. No way. Do not, do yeah. not screw that up. Like, come on. Yeah, they can't. Just, no, it's got to be second Saturday got, in October, no matter what. They've got, they've got too much TV money riding on it, too. So I'm not, I'm, right. I'm really not worried about it, but I'm just going to say it. Um, switching gears here in our last segment of this episode, your former. Standout linebacker Jacob Asai, Joseph Joseph Asai, making the critical mistake in the AFC Championship game, pushing Patrick Mahomes when he's clearly out of bounds, giving them an additional 15 yards, putting them in almost guaranteed make position for a game-winning field goal. How do you reconcile that play with what was probably his best performance as a Cincinnati Bengal to date? Man, look, the kid made a huge mistake, right? He screwed up. He's a great player. I mean, he was a great player for, for Texas. You know, this is essentially his rookie year. He got drafted last year and he got hurt. I believe it was during the preseason. So he didn't play at all last year. So he's been, you know, slowly getting back into form after rehabbing that knee injury. And like you said, he was having the best game of his life up up until that point. He was one of the best defenders on that side of the ball. He he really was. He was everywhere. Um, uh, They did not run the ball well. Can't see. Cincinnati didn't run it. Cincinnati didn't run it well either. But, but he was the reason why he was one of the reasons why Kansas city was not running the ball well. Um, But man, it's just, so unfortunate. And I was pulling for the Bengals. You had you had a side. Me too. Any any other Longhorns on that team? Um, I don't think so. But dude, listen, we had uh, we had P Ryan and uh, Joe Mixon, and Joe Mixon had been the featured back 
But in this game, I don't know if it's because of uh, they needed him in pass protection or what, but they featured Samaje Pirine a lot more. I thought he had a he had a good game. It's it was hard to stand out off you know from a from a running perspective when you got Burrow just slinging it around. But I thought he was really solid. It was a lot of fun watching him play. I hope he gets another contract with them. Uh, Mixon, they kind of gave him some looks. I think you've talked about maybe exploiting him a little more in the passing game. I think that could should have maybe could have should have been an option. But let me ask you this, Jamar Chase, for in a losing effort, was he the best player on the field? Yeah, man, he's he's unbelievable, unbelievable. right? I mean, and we've seen this since since he started at LSU, right? He just he's just an amazing player, and yeah, and that catch he made on fourth down in double oh. coverage, and again, he's not it's not like he's six five. I don't even know if he's six one. No, but he plays he's like go he's up. Six, he plays like he he's does. Six, five. He, he plays. Does. He plays like. Um, oh, I, as soon as I said it out loud, my brain went dead. Um, who was who was the who was the big time receiver from uh, Detroit? Oh, Calvin Johnson. He plays like Calvin. Yeah, Megatron. He plays like Megatron. He plays like a big, and he's not. To your point, he's not. But he just his presence is so big. His wingspan is big. Every his athleticism. I. I mean, that play, I don't know what the drop was, but I feel like it was Joe Burrow telling Jamar Chase, dude, just, I'm going to throw it to you. Just, yeah, just you're our best player, and we're going to you. Yeah, make it and happen. I'm going to you. Yeah, you're the man, yeah. and I'm going to you. And, and all that to be said, Patrick Mahomes, I, I don't know if he was Willis Reed, if it was Michael Jordan's flu game, or if it's just his own individual, if he's starting to get to the point where that can just be his game. But, what a gutty performance, and that dude just makes plays, man. It may, you you can, you don't have to love him. I'm not. I, I don't love Patrick Mahomes. I'm not a great Chiefs fan. I think. In fact, I think I'm going to probably be cheering for the Eagles. But holy crap, that dude makes plays. Yeah, man. I mean, when that injury happened in the last game, you would have thought, oh yeah, he's, he's, his season's over. We'll see him. We'll see him next year. So for him to come back and finish that game last week. And then to come out and play, you can see he was hurt, right? I mean, he didn't have the normal drive on the football like he normally does. But, man, he just kept making plays. He just kept finding a way. And it's getting to the point to where is he, he's pretty much the Michael Jordan of the NFL right now, right? Well, I mean, he's, he's Michael Jordan. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't even know what to compare him to in an NFL sense, right? Because um, – he he's a bigger star than Tom Brady was at this point in his career. Yes, the Patriots were winning Super Bowls at this point, but it wasn't because of Tom Brady. No, it no, was it because wasn't. of the defense and a good running game. And he had a couple drives in the fourth quarter of those games that led to game-winning field goals, which kind of gave, gave him a reputation. But it wasn't because of his overall yeah. play. Brady was Brady has been better as an individual player in the last ten years. Versus Correct. his first tenure. That's when he right? became I mean, the guy who can carry the team. He was not that guy no. the first half of his career. Not no. at all. Agreed, right? So I don't um, – and and he's had so much more team success than like an Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers can carry his team, but he hasn't made three out of four Super Bowls plus, plus already having won one. I mean, and, and, and having all four – or being in the last four conference championship games. And what I found was a fantastic statistic was not having lost 
a playoff game in regulation. Like they've all been yeah. overtime. I mean, overtime, it's, yeah. It, it, it's so I just I and and last night you couldn't even figure out who is receiving outside of Kelsey. Right, that guy's just yeah, really he's, that guy's he's unbelievable. But outside of Kelsey. Valdez Scantling. I mean, who's making Yeah, I mean, he was a guys. second or third receiver yeah. for Green Bay, you know, behind uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, Mahomes, think about this, man. You know, his first year, he, he essentially redshirts, right? Doesn't play. He starts the last game of the season, looks incredible against Denver, becomes a starter. They go to the AFC Championship game. They lose to the Patriots in overtime. He also wins MVP of the NFL. Next season, comes back, they win the Super Bowl, right? This is only his second year and they, as a starter. Yeah. Third year, they go back to the Super Bowl. They lose to – um, Brady in Tampa Bay. I mean – Yeah. Now, it was a and Kobe, listen, but still, it was in Tampa it Bay. Was, it was. No, still, yeah. In yeah. your home stadium, you don't have to – you sleep in your bed the night before the Super Bowl. Who gets to do that? Yeah. And remember, that offensive line that they had for that game – they could not protect him. That's why they lost. And he's still making some of the – it might have been the best game in a losing effort I've ever seen. Remember that throw when he's – Horizontal. Getting hit. Yeah. And yeah. puts it right on the money and the receiver drops it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so that wasn't his fault. Next year, they go back to the uh, conference title game. So, five straight years, man, he's been in the AFC Championship game. Just something we've never seen before. No, and again, I- he's only 27 years old. And I don't know that I like him though. Do you like him? Like he's fine. Cool? I mean, I I love his talent, man. I I'm wild every time I see him play. Every time. I mean, I'm not a Chiefs fan. I won't pretend to be one. But man, watching him play is fun. Especially, I mean, you lose a guy like Tyreek Hill, who is a top five, top maybe even top three receiver in the NFL, right? Yeah. And you don't miss a beat. You, he still led the league in passing. So the Chiefs have Orlando Brown and Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. The Chiefs have anybody from Texas? No, actually, this is the first time I believe since two thousand that um, that we know Texas players in the Super Bowl. Oh man, mm-hmm. uh, ours are all offensive linemen because on the in the NFC Championship game, which was just a beatdown, you would have I would have loved to know what would have happened if Pur- Purdy wouldn't have got hurt. Although I'm not 100% sure that the outcome would have been very different. I think Philadelphia yeah, I think it was time a, for Purdy to get. Yeah, yeah. I think Philadelphia is a really good team. And, you know, I was talking about it with my brother today. Philadelphia is that team where you're watching the game. Nothing really dramatic has happened. And then you look at the score and you're like, oh, crap, it's 28-7. Like, right. And yeah, they are not very impressive, right? I don't even they remember, are. They're I, a great team. I don't even remember how they got there yet. The other team has like 94 total yards rushing and, you know, one score and they've rushed four times. And I don't know. I, I think they're really good. I, Jalen Hurts is an OU guy. We claim him as an OU guy. Finished second in the Heisman. Um, got us to the college football playoff. He's a weird duck, man. He's a weird dude. I think I'm going to be rooting for the Eagles. I love Lane Johnson. That guy's a stud um, on the offensive line. But I don't know. I, I get. Do I have to root for Jalen Hurts as an OU player? I guess I have to, right? I mean, I would. I mean, if it was a Texas guy playing quarterback, I'd, I'd be rooting for him. 
But has again, Texas, though, wait, real quick, has a Texas quarterback ever won the Super Bowl? Um, I don't think so. Oh, I, I know you. Not a historical quarterback. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I just think he's a he's a different breed of cat, though, dude. Like, he is. He, he. Yeah. He really is. And again, though, you might not feel it for him because he wasn't there for. He's only there a year. But I've said this before, right? And I've told you this. I I think Lincoln Riley's biggest accomplishment at the University of Oklahoma was his development of Jalen Hurts. When he left Alabama, in my opinion, he was not a draftable player at quarterback. He just was not. And you get this guy for one year, and he's a second-round pick, and he's yeah. an instant starter for the Eagles. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It, it, no, it's an unbelievable story. Okay, so let me ask you this. Okay, so Oklahoma fan, I think, I think I'm speaking for Oklahoma fan when I say we are ambivalent towards Jalen Hurts. Like, we, we respect him. We respect the talent. And, but we don't, we're just not endeared to him. You say maybe that's because we haven't, we didn't have him all four years or whatever. Yeah, just okay. one year. You just had him a year. Alabama fan, however, got to experience like him being pulled from the national championship game, showing class and sportsmanship and all of that, and then coming in in the SEC championship game to, to rally them to victory against Georgia, which propelled them to another national championship. And, and all of this, does Alabama fan, do you think Alabama fan likes Jalen Hurts more than Oklahoma fan? Or do you, like I, think he think they think he's just kind of a weirdo? No, no. I think Alabama fan loves Jalen Hurts. I, he won their hearts when he came off the bench and rescued them against Georgia. I mean, they, after that, I mean, he's pretty much a god there. Despite getting pulled in the national championship game, I mean, who who stays after losing the starting job? Who does that? Um, was the transfer portal is open back then, or was there? I don't think so. Well, you could, yeah, there wasn't the actual portal, but he got a transfer. I think he was already graduate too. He'd already graduated. I don't know, man. He's a weirdo. All right, he, um, yeah, he's a he's a different cat for sure. But man, as far as this game goes, the, this 49ers Eagles game, the minute Brock Purdy got hurt. This game was over. The was over. pivotal moment, though, 14-7, it was 7-7, seven, uh, seven, right? Getting close to halftime, the Eagles, the running game starts popping. They hit a few big runs in a row. They get the touchdown, make it 14-7. There's like a minute left in the second quarter. They get the kickoff. And I think on the second play of the drive, the quarterback fumbles the, the snap. Yeah. Philadelphia recovers. They go down and score again, twenty-one-seven. That was it. That was it. I mean, uh, did you see? Did you see? Uh, Josh Johnson has played for fourteen NFL teams. That is crazy, man. You want to talk about sticking to it? I think he's played for two or three XFL teams and a USFL team. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's a journeyman. That's a journeyman. That is an absolute journeyman. Yes. But he's, not, he probably says, hey, man, this beats getting a real job. You know? Not, not a great quarterback, however. I think we could agree on that. Well, no, not at all. But good enough to be on a roster for all these years, for all these different teams. That's true. Right? The issue is, right, he's a third-string quarterback. How many practice reps is he getting? You Four got string. a rookie. Well, I don't know. Yeah, how technically, four-string. How, yeah. how, how long was he on San Francisco's roster? I, I, that I'm not sure of, but it couldn't I mean, have been too long, it's, right? 
Well, it's possible he wasn't even picked up until they lost Jimmy G. Yeah, because they had, what, Trey Lance to start the season. He got hurt week one or week two. Yeah. Right? He's out for the season. Yeah, Jimmy G. Then he gets hurt. That's when you have to go to Purdue. So that's probably when they brought him in. And then you got a rookie, so he's still learning the system. Yeah. Which means he's getting all the practice reps because he needs all the practice he can get, which means Johnson probably hadn't practiced at all. For him to be thrown into that moment, people are complaining about the rule, saying that you should be able to carry a third quarterback that doesn't go against the roster count because that was the problem with them yesterday. They only had two, and then remember, he got hurt. I don't know if you saw that. You might have turned the game off by then. Well, okay. We mentioned in a losing effort the best player on the field in the AFC was Jamar Chase. Is the best player on the field in the NFC game even in a losing effort, the person that they almost made the third string quarterback, Christian McCaffrey. He's pretty good, man. He's he's such a great player. Dude, he's fantastic. They yeah. they had nothing. He was their entire offense, and Philadelphia knew it. And he still had a really really good game. And yeah. he's so dude. He's catching balls. He's running it in. He's strong. He's way stronger than you want to give him credit for, right? I mean, he, he just. Is. I don't know, man. I thought he was really good. Debo never could get going. Normally, I would say Debo, but I thought McCaffrey looked really good. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was never the minute Purdy was hurt. Here's real quick before we uh, sure. before we move on from this. What the heck do they do with Trey Lance next year? If you're well, the Forty Nineers, first of all, I've always been a Jimmy G guy. I don't know. I don't know why he gets the hate he does because all he does is win games. Okay, he just he just Correct. wins a lot of games. Now, uh, does that mean he needs to compete with Brock Purdy, who went ten and one? I think as a starter, something like that. Uh, Six and well, maybe seven, something like that. Yeah. But Trey Lance, to me, I don't know. I wasn't that impressed when when he was in. I I think you trade him, right? Why? Well, I don't know, man. You gave up three first-round picks to trade up to draft this kid. You cannot trade him. Can you trade him for three first-round picks and get him back? <laughs> Probably not, right? Probably not. I don't think so. I don't think you get, think you get that form. I don't know. I always Look. found that really odd. I think they tur- I think they went away from Jimmy G early. I don't know what the stigma is with him. I, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. And maybe well, remember Trey Lance is a starter. He was a starter to start the season. It was Trey Lance's game. But but remember, we they, only saw one game, and it was in a monsoon in Chicago. I don't know if you saw that. I mean, it was and I'm talking about just rain. It was like a monsoon I coming did. off of Lake Michigan. And he got hurt. So I don't I what do you do? Right? You get you have this purdy mania going around. The fans seem to love him. But again, you traded your entire future, three first round picks to draft Trey Lance. You have to start him, right? You at least have to give him a chance. The NFL, this is the only place in the world where that's a bad problem to have. Yeah. It's the only place in the world where it's a bad problem. Because if you're in the NBA, you just you could play all three. You know, you just figure it out. Correct. But you yeah. can't do that in the NFL. It's like you get this yeah. guy and everybody else is a, is a cap hit or you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to watch. But I got to tell you, I'm fired up about the Super Bowl. We're going to have some time. We'll we'll have another. It probably one. We'll, we'll do the the schedule recap or the schedule 
um, release show tomorrow. We'll probably have another show before the Super Bowl just to preview it. Um, even though this is the Boomer Bebo podcast, it's just fun talking football. I love it. And I can't believe we're down to one game left, Kevin, for the entire season. We the don't even get a Pro Bowl season. this year. No, uh, football. you can watch the Pro Bowl. Come on. I never watched the Pro Bowl. Watch I, the Pro Bowl. I, I watched the Pro Bowl you, since like 1997, maybe. I'm looking forward to the skills competitions. Give me some. It's like the dunk contest. Give me something. Give me yeah. dudes diving on something. I don't care. Do you remember the old quarterback club competition? Do you remember I that? loved them. I oh, loved them. Oh, man. Yes. It was so fun. And the, you and everybody, the Troy Eggman, Dan Marino. Yeah, yes. Dan Marino and Troy Eggman, Steve Young, all those guys out there. And they had those big things going across the field. And they yeah, those targets like running across in routes. Oh. The ball was stained so they can leave the mark on, on the target. Great uh, times, man. I'm guessing Josh Allen's not going to be there because he's playing in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He's playing some golf this weekend. Easy. I didn't know he was good. Is he any good? I think he played in it last year. I think he's one of those. You know, these quarterbacks, dude, they're so athletic. Yeah. So many of them can they just, are. like, roll out. and You know, Romo tried to compete. Romo tried to uh, uh, qualify for a U.S. Open and almost did it. He was he was a really yeah. good golfer. So I remember I, that. Um, I love Romo. I can listen to Romo call games. Romo feels like your friend that's sitting next to you on a couch saying stupid stuff the entire game. And I love. Yeah. I, I'm for it. I'm all for it. I love it. Jim Nance is like the veneer of. Uh, he's he's royalty, right? I mean, he's his. He's as sure. regal. He's as regal as you can get. And then you've got the frat boy Tony Romo over here, just giggling and saying dumb stuff. And I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, he's he's done a good job, man. He's done a good job. What, what do you think about the Fox Crew with them? Um, Not excited. Greg Not excited. They're doing Not the Super excited. Bowl, man. Can we bring back hey, Joe you, Buck? You lose Troy Buck and Aikman. Aikman. You lose Buck and Aikman. That they became the number one guy. Okay, let's number see. one crew rather. If Fox is listening, and I'm sure they are, honestly, Kevin, if anybody's listening at the 53rd minute of this episode, I'd be surprised. But if Fox is listening, I think you pull in Joel and and, uh, and Gus. Hey, I pulled in for the I Super don't Bowl. Understand. I they don't understand the, why Gus Johnson hasn't done NFL games this season. They're the best. They're the best co- um, play caller the analyst biggest. combo if, of any football in the across all the networks they're the best yeah. now listen i know it's the super bowl but come on dude like is it kevin burkhart is that who it is yeah kevin burkhart and uh, greg olson it's terrible it's just super terrible. Bowl, man i i yeah. it's i can't even i don't know the names of the people that call the super bowl have been so iconic over the years now was al michaels always al michaels i don't know but he only called the miracle on ice in 1980. I mean, that's that's who Al Michaels is. Let's yeah. not forget Troy Aikman only won three Super Bowls, and his professional partner's dad is freaking uh, whatever Jack. Buck Jack Jack Buck. Buck. I mean, he's you know they're legends upon legends. He calls World Series and stuff like that. Jim Nance in a six week period has called the Super Bowl. March Madness and the Masters. Okay, yeah. that's all. That's all, Chris. That's all. Um, th- that's all Jim Nance does. And yet we get Kevin Burkhart and and Olson. I just it doesn't do me. You know what, man? I miss Pat Summer on John Madden. So good calling the NFC games. So good. Yeah, great times, uh, man. Oh, real quick before we go, man. 
Sure. Yeah. Gotta give a shout out to my guy, Steven and Gotti. He's a host of Fanatic Perspective, one of the best Longhorn channels on YouTube. Um, his family going through a medical issue right now. So just want to give a shout out to him. Hope everything's okay. Hope to see you back soon, man. Yeah. Prayer, prayers for his family, man. Yeah. He's a great guy. I love his, I love great his guy. content. Yeah. Uh, when, yeah. During, especially during the season when I was actually paying attention to Twitter. Uh, great content. Love that guy. So yeah. Hope, yeah, yeah. Prayers for his family. All right, Kevin. Um, this was fun. Tomorrow promises to be pretty exciting with this schedule release. I'm, I'm excited to talk about what's going to go on with each of these teams. And it's going to be fun talking about it uh, so soon after this show. So for everybody that's listened, thank you all so much. Keep listening. Like, subscribe, wherever you get your stuff. Kevin, have a great evening. Boomer. Welcome. Okay.